0: Kia I'm Strawn from Commoners Communion. I'm a writer and a musician from Aotearoa, New Zealand. This is a prayer from Prayer Volume 2. Teach me Holy Spirit, not to pray because I'm full, but precisely because I'm not. Save me from professional prayer. I wrote this prayer on a day when at that point I would wake up in the morning and I would sort of journal and and ask God to speak to me about things in my life, about our generation and all kinds of things. And I was prayer journaling one morning when I felt God say to me, Strawn, get up, go to the beach. I want to speak to you. And so kind of with all this anticipation, I had the sense that I was going to have some kind of miraculous God encounter and I packed up my things, I rushed down to the beach and I was full of genuine anticipation and as I'm walking, I'm getting frustrated within like 30 seconds. I say, God, I'm here. What do you want to talk about? And what I heard back from God was this, nothing. I just wanted to be with you. In other words, I had had this idea that God wanted to have all of this prophetic exchange or something grand, and all God wanted to do was to walk with me and for me to be in His presence as I uh, admired the sunrise on the beach. I just literally I cracked up laughing in public. I must have looked pretty stupid. Um, and I just thought, oh my gosh, I just take myself way too seriously. It was then that I started to realize and awaken to the danger of becoming a professional prayer. Part of the reason I felt so sure God was going to speak to me that day was that it was down on that same walkway as I walked out onto some rocks at a point that God spoke to me clearly in a time of transition in my life when I was seeking Him for a new sort of mandate into what I should do with my vocation, that He spoke to me and said, Strawn, I want you to build me a house of prayer. And so I had some context for expectation of God inviting me back there again to say something, and over time that... That calling within my myself, this calling from God to build Him a house of prayer, to participate in a 2,000-year conversation with the church of what it means to engage in communion with God has been the foundation of my life, but it's also brought with it a lot of challenges. When I started Commoners Communion four years ago, I didn't really expect to just kind of continue publishing prayers and to be making my prayer life public or to be teaching the prayer courses like I do. And I've noticed that you would imagine that the more you do ministry like this, then the more kind of easy and fluid it becomes. But actually, to do something so repetitively and to talk about something and to teach something actually almost kind of turns it into a technique, or a a subject, or a thing. I've found the greatest challenge since starting Commoners Communion has to make sure prayer doesn't become a subject of my life, but is the very essence and being of my life. In other words, the greatest challenge has not to become a quote-unquote professional in prayer. But I don't think this is just a challenge unique to me either. I feel like in all of our denominations, all of our church cultures and backgrounds, we all kind of get into this way of thinking, this is what prayer is. This is what prayer looks like. This is the way it's meant to feel or to be. For some people, it needs to be louder and it needs to be authoritative. For some people, it needs to be silence and liturgical. Um, For others, it's monastic or contemplative. For some, it's charismatic and verbose and energetic and emotional. It actually doesn't matter what your tradition is or what your paradigm is. Ultimately, we can turn all of it into a profession when we theologically lock it down and say, this is the way to do it. Ironically in myself, I don't feel like I am a contemplative, although lots of people have begun to use that language for me. I feel just like someone who's really seeking and longing to be with God, and I'm employing every practice and tradition that I can to reach out to Him and find Him. But in that, even in that reading books to discover what prayer is, listening to a podcast, doing a course, all of that runs the danger of professionalizing something that is utterly relational. And in the present time, we're talking a lot about formation, which is amazing. We're kind of balancing out this uh, gospel that said that salvation is just about believing in Jesus and going to heaven. And that actually the way we live our lives, that's not really that important. We're balancing that out by saying, no, we need to live a life of Jesus. And we're looking at practices, daily practices, weekly. And it's amazing. But in that, it's still easy to forget That formation is the trellis and not the vine. We can spend so much time trying to get that stuff right that we forget that that only exists for a relationship with God. In many ways, it can be no different to sitting down and say, well, what makes a healthy marriage? Well, I'll do the dishes and I'll pay the bills and I'll work hard and I'll make sure I'm there and I'm listening. And you're thinking about all the techniques, but you're not actually thinking about the fact that you a real mar- like real relationship is built on staring into the eyes of another and being remaining fascinated about seeing them, not about getting marriage right, but about loving a person. And we can run into the same danger with prayer. So how do we avoid becoming professionals in prayer? How do we avoid becoming the kinds of people that say, I know how to pray, I know what God is and how to approach Him and to get what I want from Him? Well, I just have kind of three experiential lessons really of my own life, take them or leave them. These are three ways that I practice, at least try to practice staying a prayer unprofessional. The big one for me, The number one is to stay curious and to ditch assumptions. I have mostly always run into massive danger in my prayer life and in my walk with God when I've assumed to understand Him enough that there are no questions left. And by that I mean when I push theologies about healing or God's presence or about blessing or about whatever or salvation or the world or sin into such an easily identifiable box that there's no room to be wrong, generally that is a sign that you have pushed God into a small g God or an idol. I'm not saying that there's nothing to know. It's just my way of saying everything we know is within the context of a greater unknowing. So stay curious. Know what you know, fully believe it, but always leave the door ajar to say, I could be wrong. There could be something more to learn here that transforms the entire way I understand what it means to pray or to intercede or to feel God or to sit in silence or whatever. There must be more to this 2,000-year tradition of God exploration that I haven't discovered. And keep asking questions. Keep asking God, why don't you do that? Why do you do that? Where are you here? How am I not seeing you? How am I not acknowledging you? Stay curious. When I think of the danger of an assumptive life, a non-curious life, I think about Peter the Apostle and how most of his run-ins with Jesus were about him assuming he understood Jesus when he didn't. You know, at the time Jesus said, I've got to go to Jerusalem and die, he said, surely not God. And Jesus' response is, get behind me, Satan. Peter had assumed that he had understood Christ's mission, and so he came to the conclusion that Jesus couldn't die, and he was wrong. And then on the last night before Jesus crucified, he goes to wash Peter's feet. He said, I will never be washed by you. And Jesus said, unless you're washed by me, you can't partake in me. And then his response is, well, wash all of me. So He's making these assumptions about theology and about who Christ is. And then Jesus responds by saying, man, who's already been bathed, doesn't, you know, doesn't need an entire cleaned out wash or whatever. I'm really going on a limb with my interpretation here, um, but only his feet. And so Peter just keeps being wrong and wrong by assuming he understands rather than staying curious, rather than asking questions, what do you mean, Jesus? Why are you doing this? How can I make sense of this in the context of your life? So the biggest thing for me about making sure that I don't become a quote-unquote professional Christian or professional prayer is to constantly stay curious and to try and remove as much assumption as I can. The second thing is to embrace mystery, and this is kind of hand-in-hand with staying curious Mystery is not a way of saying there's nothing we can know about God. It's just a way of saying everything we know about God is like the first step into the ocean. But there is still an ocean of God out there to discover. And we live in the tension of that. To embrace mystery is to say, yes, God heals. Yes, I believe this theology of God. Yes, I believe when I pray, He answers, that if I seek, I will find, if I knock and the door will be answered. But I am also aware that there is a mystery beyond that in which God does as He pleases and as He wills, and I don't always understand that. And if I can hold that tension, rather than needing to lock into a, well, if I pray, God must answer, if we can say, if I pray, God will answer, but I, always don't underst- I don't always understand the context and the way He which He does. We save ourselves from becoming professors of theology in the relationship of God with us. And this leads to the third point. And maybe these are all just three ways of describing the same thing. But be a person and let God be a person. In other words, God is not a theology. God is not a trinket or a genie in a bottle. He is not your security. He is not your sort of um, promise of health and wealth and power and all of that. He is God. He is a person. He is not static. And neither are you. And therefore, you are t- we are two people in dynamic relationships, learning and discovering each other in different ways. Therefore, yes, God says, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be answered. But sometimes God might reach into our life and say, son, daughter, I want to teach you patient endurance. And that means you will be knocking on this door for a while before it is answered so that I can grow the muscle of resilience in your spiritual life and in your being because that is how a person engages with another person. And when we come to prayer and we say, God, you said this in your scripture, therefore you've got to do it, and we kind of lock him in some kind of prayerful theological paradigm, we remove the nature of God's person. And yet we want to be able to say to him, you say in scripture, therefore I request. But we want to do it as a person engaged in a relationship with God allowing His person to be discovered beyond our theologies and ideas of Him. And if God is a person, we can only truly know Him through relationship. And if there's anything that I've learned about relationships, it's that the moment I figure I have someone figured out is the moment I'm just believing my own fantasy. People are complicated, and God far more so than you and I. So don't make the same mistake as I've made over the years, of thinking that prayer is something that we clock, that there is some form out there that is gonna save us from the sort of insecure overwhelm of standing before a mysterious and powerful and beautiful God. I think the best way to stay strong in prayer, to grow a prayer life, is to constantly stay a rookie to constantly stay curious, to embrace mystery, and to remember that prayer is a conversation between two people, not two theologies, not two static instances, but two persons. Teach us, Holy Spirit, not to pray because we're full, but precisely because we're not. Save us, Father, from being professional prayers. for listening to this episode of the Commoners Communion podcast. If you enjoyed this prayer and contemplation, you can find it in my book Prayer Volume 2 at commonerscommunion.com A huge thank you to Jonathan Klaas for helping to produce this episode and for writing, composing, and recording the music that you hear. If you like this music and you want to meditate and pray to it in your own space and time, you can find our first EP, Lords, on Spotify by searching Commoners Communion. Thanks for listening. Be blessed.